Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from ScottArtis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 22 of Dead Man's Chest. We're all in the studio, making noise, banjo and froggy. You know, it's just always a fiesta of you never know what you're going to get in here when the whole group is together. You got that right. Which is why I have just been saying, let's get this party started. In the previous minute, Elizabeth Swan, sensing his tension rising... Gives Will Turner a little behind-the-bars teasing, some gentle rubbing and touching, and telling him that if it weren't for the bar, she'd already have him. The lingering fatherly Governor Swan gets a life lesson in that once you go pirate, you never go back. And I'm not referring to Will, either. Meanwhile, Will, having promised to return to and marry Elizabeth, decides the best course of action to honor his upcoming nuptials is to venture to Tortuga and hook up with a couple of wenches, Giselle and Scarlet. How dare you, Will? All men are obviously dogs. Cue the slap heard round the world. Minute 22 begins with Will recovering from the Giselle bitch slap as we cut to number four on our search for the elusive Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow, that is. Can't say about Jack Sparrow. There's an island just south of the Straits where I trade spices for, hmm, delicious long pork. The minute ends with Will diving off the rowboat, a long shot of him coming ashore, the island of Pelagostos, and the Black Pearl is staked and completely beached. <laughs> that was weird. Just kind of ended. That was completely a... beached? And cut. There you go. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> that beached. That wasn't That's even it. the end of a sentence. Completely beached? Monkey care about you. you never dropped <laughs> from there. <laughs> hey, I wanted to end it right there. I was fed up. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes this show, it just has a mind of its own. It's worth repeating so we can kick off this discussion, and I'm not talking about the debacle that just happened on the recap. Our man, the shrimper here, as he's known by, he's a shrimper, that's what he is, that's what his credit is, says to Will, cannot say about Jack Sparrow, but there's an island just south of the Straits where I trade spice for delicious long pork. Cannot say about Jack? But you'll find a ship there, a ship with black sails. How many times did you have to listen to that to understand what he said? I still don't know what he said. (laughs) I'm just taking a wild stab in the dark. (laughs) I think that's what it was. (laughs) I needed the actual text. I I really, I couldn't get all that. I got some of it, but at first I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) It seems to be a thing in movies these days to mumble your way through some lines. Yeah. 
This guy was hard Either to understand. It's, it's like my ears are just completely shot now. But long pork, the whole thing that I was getting to with this, because I had to repeat it, is long pork. Our shrimper here says he trades spice for delicious long pork. I just can't stop saying it. Pork, you say? Well, I've heard that it really is the food of the gods. I'm talking bacon, pork chops, ham. All right, Lisa, if you don't want lamb chops, there's lots of other things I can make. Chicken breast, rump roast, hot dogs. No, I can't. I can't eat any of them. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lisa, honey, are you saying you're never going to eat any animal again? What about bacon? No. Ham? No. Pork chop? Dad, those all come from the same animal. Oh, yeah, right, Lisa. A wonderful, magical animal. <laughs> it's a magical animal. Well, you'd be wrong if that's what you think in long pork is. Here's the kicker. We get the mother of all clues as to what is exactly going to happen next. It's a subtle hint, and we should all be yelling at Will not to set foot on that dang island. Otherwise, he just might be sitting at a table with Hannibal Lecter enjoying a meal with fava beans and a nice Chianti. Indeed, the phrase long pork comes from a euphemism for human flesh in the South Pacific. Ew, seriously? You betcha! Well, that's not good. Does the guy guy know he's eating? Yes! He knows what it is. He knows what it is. Or does he just know it by long pork and he doesn't know what it is? He, <laughs> I don't know. He does. He doesn't really know what long pork no. is. He knows what long Are pork is. Are you sure? Is. He trades spice for it. The guy said, "Did you see the look on his face? That guy had Hannibal Lecter eyes." It's like uh, what's that song? What's that song? Betty Davis eyes. He's got <laughs> Hannibal Lecter eyes going on here. Yes, this, he this knows. Is wrong. Did gross. you see the way he said it? He's like, hmm. Long pork. Yeah, but... Delicious long pork. Nobody says that just for regular... Pork? I'll take that barbacoa. Mmm, barbacoa. Now, see, there you go. Long pork. Now, see, it doesn't roll off the tongue, because you know what it is. It's just disgusting. Some areas in the South Pacific did have cannibalistic traditions. Some areas in the Caribbean did have cannibalistic traditions. Are you sure about this? I am positive. You know when I jump into a subject, I just keep going... And boy, this isn't something you Did really you want to do. you look on a do. reputable website? Of course I looked at reputable re- websites and historical references. Because it's reportedly coined, and I'm talking long pork, because cannibals attest that human meat tastes like pork. How would they know? Cannibals would know. That's Maybe the Maybe they point. don't eat pork, just humans. Boy, you know, sometimes if you... You're just sitting over there well, gritting Well, of course your... we taste like pork. Ah! I don't even <laughs> want to go there. Pork is used in testing. Not because of the taste, you goofball. No, <laughs> scientists I mean, we're, we're so ballistic close experts to, in something are not we're going. We're so close to pork. It's no, it's more like the the skin and the layers. It has like the same density. That's why they use it. They don't go. Nobody's hmm, tasting humans taste it. like it. Maybe we could use pig. We taste like pork. We might as well <laughs> be used for testing, <laughs> ballistics testing, and all that stuff. No, that's not how it works. How dare you? So when all else fails, if we are going to debate what people taste like, Heather wants to go that way. I don't. I'd rather just move on to the fun topic of, you said it, cannibalism. The island Caribs, also known as the Kalinago, or simply Caribs, are an indigenous Caribbean people of the Lesser Antilles. The island Carib word for person is Caribna. It became the origin of the English word cannibal. Although among the Caribs, 
it was apparently associated with rituals related to eating of war enemies. There's evidence as to the taking of human trophies and the ritual cannibalism of war captives among both the Arawak and the Ameri Indian groups, such as the Carib and Tupanamba. Can't argue with the Tupanamba. I guess not. The Caribs had a tradition of keeping bones of their ancestors in their houses. Missionaries such as Pierre-Jean-Baptiste Labat and Caesar de Rochefort described the practice as part of a belief that the ancestral spirits would always look after the bones and protect their descendants. The Caribs have been described as vicious and violent people in the history of the people who battled against other tribes. So there you go. Cannibals in the Caribbean, and that's where the actual word comes from. I choose not to go to the Caribbean. <laughs> don't wear a shirt that says long pork. I don't want any long pork. <laughs> don't wear a shirt that says long pork. Actually, that would be a cool shirt. Long pork. <laughs> says... I don't think most people would know what it would be. They'd probably think it's some they euphemism. Look it up. That wouldn't be good. But because still, that guy eats humans. It's here, and isn't it? I I didn't know that until this thing. I had to look up what long pork was. Yeah, that's. And it makes sense because of the movie. But man, what a hell of a reference to throw in there. Yeah. And to have this guy that's openly like, I really like this. I don't know. It's just interesting. So this guy, Shrimper, is what he's called, and his brother were of Haitian descent as they spoke French. Shrimper was played by Robbie G. Robbie is a working actor in film and TV and stage, and his IMDb resume stretches back all the way to 1989 with various shows and movies and this kind of stuff. Nothing that really sparks our interest, though. The Shrimper's brother was played by Silver. That's Silver with a Y. Has about four TV film credits under his belt, according to IMDb. So the moral to this story, though is that the shrimper traded spices for delicious long pork. He wasn't trading long pork for spices. That means he himself was the cannibal. It's not like he was harvesting this or taking guys from Tortuga and dropping them off there. He was trading spices for the meat. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that, except, Will, what the hell? Why would you get on this guy's ship? Does Will know what long pork is? It had to go over there his head, no right? There was no reaction, so I would assume he doesn't know what it is. It, right? It has Unless to be. he likes the taste of long pork also. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't know right? what it means. Right? There was no reaction, so I don't think he knows what it means, what it is. Probably would be something if you were only in that kind of world would you know about it. Right. I wonder how many people really know what long pork is out there, have heard of it, and know what it was, besides, say, this movie. I've never come across it, but then again, hey... I don't run in cannibal circles. That's true. I hope. Yeah. I don't. I swear. I promise. I mean, Shrimper maybe likes other guys to do his dirty work, so Will didn't have anything to fear. But come but on. there was that's no reaction, me. though. So, yeah, he must have there not There was known. no reaction. You would assume that if you knew what long pork was, you'd at least give this guy a nasty look. That's true. Something. He must have not known. There'd be no way. Yeah. You would... You would... You would... Look at him or, you know, something. Or say, well, I'm not going there. Yeah. When Will gets back to Elizabeth, he needs to say, hey, I risk cannibalism for you. Yeah. I sailed the seas with a cannibal. Hopefully he makes it back. Well, you never know if he makes it back. Also translated the brothers French when they're on the rowboat. Okay. Says, uh, means do not move. It's too dangerous. Basically what it is. So, which is more or less that... The, what we get the gist of is that the guy won't go any further. It's too dangerous. Yeah. But they're long pork lovers, this crew. Or at least the Yeah, but brothers. they don't want to become long pork. <laughs> right? But they've gone there. 
Maybe it's yeah, just but like, they you have to have, be trading to go there. That's true. You just don't want to set foot on there, right? Maybe they don't actually put put foot on land. Oh, God, this is why. Are, I, yeah, this is such a brutal discussion. On this. Maybe they maybe they meet out in the ocean. I just want to know, Terry and Ted. Do you guys have something to tell us? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they looked it up though. They're looking for cannibals, and they're looking for words for the script. It's, I I I hope that it just wasn't like. Hey, I got the idea. Why don't we throw in long pork here? <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, uh, long pork. <laughs> Man. Because <laughs> we got to move off of cannibalism. It's just the law. You can only talk yeah. about cannibalism for so long. So I don't want to slobber on the cinematography too much again. But there are some great choices at the end of this minute. Firstly, I always like to see us ditching green screens and CGI for like real on the water action and filming. Yeah. Well, of course, we all like that. Yeah, so we're we're right there with Will in the rowboat on the water. That's what I want to see. It keeps us completely in the moment. Secondly, and the best part is, is that we have Will coming ashore with the Black Pearl beached out of the water. How often does anyone see a ship out of water like this? Okay, black sails, but but not very often. <laughs> yeah, so there is a okay. Yeah, there you go. Or not we're talking not at a dry dock. We're talking actual 18th century ships. On the beach. I'd have like to say it would be difficult to get it off the land. Yeah, I do have some stuff coming up in the future minute about that. Okay. Okay, maybe I have seen some ships on that. But not massive ships like this. I've seen more boat-sized things like this. But not massive ships that are beached on the water. I think it just looks cool. An entirely new perspective of the ship, actually. You exactly. don't normally see. You can see the underside. Yeah, the underside. The other 90%. Oh, that's an that's iceberg. an iceberg. <laughs> there's a hint of vulnerability with it though maybe it's even a bit of a well maybe it's a bit troubling at first because when we first see the shot it's like we're wondering what is going on here why is the pearl like that especially with the longport comment but then again did you remember that jack wanted on land yeah out of the water because of the leviathan this was his strategy move because i was thinking back my best i can when i first saw this i have to admit i don't think that that was my first thought though was that he wanted on yeah, land? Yeah, that he wanted on land well, with that. I think, it was more of a, wow, What? why is the Black Pearl on the beach like this? I think when we think at first, never seeing this movie before, that we think when he wants on land, he just wants the humans on land. He's going to leave the ship on the water, you know? Well, I know what you're saying, yeah. But we don't I didn't actually even think, about, think of Yeah, I didn't think about the Beaching the ship. The ship. But it makes sense, though, because... Bootstrap told him that he's going to drag the Black Pearl to the depths. Right. But this is like the power shot of this moment. The ship of like this stature on land is really just unusual. Yeah. And so where I was going with all of this is that the helicopter shot swiveling around the Black Pearl as the focal point. I mean, we see a bit of the mast through the palms and then we get like a full beach view with Will approaching it. It shows the scale of the ship and it's pretty powerful and cool. Right. Will running up to it. Kind of running up to it. He's not there yet. But I also think the spyglass view of the pearl on the approach is nicely done too. It's like the wavy and perfect glass. It's like a nice time period element. Right. I was wondering if all spyglasses were like that and why. Was it just because glass wasn't perfect at that point in time? Yeah. They okay. did it. The effect because that, even like windows were wavy and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Definitely. Even into the 1800s, they were wavy. Okay. You can see that So they just haven't... Hadn't perfected glass at that point. Exactly. And I don't know about spy glasses. I got to imagine that maybe for mass production on stuff, it wasn't 
is good, but I don't know about spy glasses and telescopes and things. I can't imagine that people were using wavy glass that much that they were able to somehow try and keep things clear. Because all the outer edges, or was it just being on the water? No, this was had to do with the glass. Okay. So I don't know if it's the glass or how old this particular spyglass is. But yeah, it's interesting. That'd be something I would probably look up is just to see, did spyglasses, were they really of kind of general or standard quality that they wouldn't be more clear? Because we've seen this before, and I think Barbosa's was also not clear yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of a callback to the first one, if you will, loosely. As you mentioned in an earlier episode, too, Dead Man's Chest marks the appearance of real ships in the film series with Sunset standing in for the Black Pearl. So you mentioned that they were using real ships and they're not on a barge like they were before. Right. But the actual ship that plays the Black Pearl is called the Sunset. The Sunset was built especially, well, I guess I should maybe say it was built around this ship for the Pirates of the Caribbean series by Rick Heinrich's production team. And the Sunset is a propeller-driven craft, a combination of a tall ship set built over the hull of another boat or ship. Prior to appearing in the Pirates of the Caribbean film franchise, the Sunset was actually servicing oil derricks in the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, really? Or at least at one time it had. And according to Rick Heinrichs, we took the Black Pearl and gave it a little bit more of a swoop. The Black Pearl in the first film was established to some degree by the set of circumstances they had. They built the ship directly onto a barge and were limited by the dimensions of that barge. We had a little more freedom in this. I think that Gore discovered what he liked and what he didn't like in the first film and he wanted a much more flexible Black Pearl that could move faster than one or two knots like the barge could. Right. So for the back-to-back productions of Dead Man's Chest and At World's End... Because the barge would just take forever to line up for them to be able to get all these different shots. The producers felt it was in their best interest to build the Black Pearl as a seaworthy vessel. Hmm. Eight months prior to the start of principal photography, production designer Rick Heinrichs was given the task of creating the new Black Pearl. To speed its construction, Heinrichs built the new Black Pearl around the old sunset. That's why they chose a already established ship or boat to, to do this around. Otherwise, the building from scratch could take longer than they anticipated. Right, it would be much easier. And this particular sunset was docked at Bayou Labarder, Alabama, or Bayou Labatre, because I think they might have like a French thing down there. In Alabama? I don't know. The Bayou. By the time work had finished, something similar yet brand new had been created. The result was that from the waterline up, you had this pirate ship, essentially, with the sunset still in there, kind of somewhere hidden. You know, maybe like with engines, fuel, water tanks, galley, and bunks, actually, in this Right. Thing. The sunset was made completely of metal, but she is cladded like an old 18th century vessel. And the ship is completely seaworthy, having traveled 2,000 miles from Alabama to the first filming location in the Dominica. And then after filming, because it doesn't actually have all the mast of a tall ship, the upper mast and sails of the sunset, or this Black Pearl, were added later by visual effects teams with computer-generated imagery in post-production. So it does have lower mast and sails. Right. And I'll post some photos of the Black Pearl as it looks without all the enhancements from the CGI team. But the upper ones, these upper sails, these upper masts were added later in the CGI. Yeah. Wow. And like I said, I'll add some to our Facebook group and then you can go there. So all you have to do is you can go to our website, blackpearlminute.com or our Facebook page, Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. And you can get the link to our Cursed Listeners Crew group and I'll post some photos 
of what the black pearl actually looks like. Cool. But yeah, doesn't have all of that accoutrements. It, it actually looks really good. Yeah. On the water, if you see photos, and people have seen the black pearl around, and they've taken photos and posted it too. But you don't have the tallness of that ship, so it's a it's a bit more scrunchy because <laughs> it doesn't have the tall mass that you right. see in the movie. You expect it to really have these tall sails and stuff, but it just doesn't have that, which is interesting. Speaking of the black pearl and CGI, the black pearl that's beached on in this minute is actually CGI. Oh, the black that's pearl what I was is wondering. Not there. There's no ship on the beach. I was wondering if they actually beached a vessel there. Or if yeah. they use some special effects or models and things like that. Because it looks really good, actually. The effects are rather seamless. I mean, if you zoom in and you really look closely, you can see some almost like airbrushing kind of stuff that happened as they fit it in there. But in general, it really looks like it's sitting on the beach there. It fools the eye. Yeah, it's just a model. It says it's a model digitally added to the shots. Complete with digital water splashes. Yeah, because it looks like the water's going around it. They did a good job with the shadows. Yeah. I think it's just a pretty incredible shot all the way around. Even more so knowing that it's not there. And you have Will kind of walking up to something that wasn't really there. He actually touched it multiple times. And not in this oh, particular not in minute. Oh, next minute. Sorry. And there she goes. Now, <laughs> now everybody's going, oh my God, he touches it. And now they're going to be spoiled on the next minute. <laughs> That's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on Dominica, an island of Hempstead Beach, a stretch of sand looking over glistening turquoise sea on the northeast coast. It's backed by a lush, tangled jungle and coconut palm groves. So some of these groves were um, actually, they had to be created because the, they, they what weren't. What do you mean the groves? that? The actual palm the trees? island wasn't as forested lush, oh, lush as you see here. Oh, no kidding! No, um, it had to be created for the film. The art director William Ladd Skinner brought in some seven thousand plants. Get out of town! Really? <laughs> yeah, seven thousand plants, primarily non-edible dashing and transplanted palms. Really? No kidding. Yeah. That's a hell of a this. process. <laughs> yeah. 7,000 yeah, plants. Yeah, so it and must trees have been pretty stuff. bare. Island. Wow. Well, if you imagine you can pack all of these plants into certain shots and it looks like a freaking jungle all of a sudden. Yeah. But then, you know, they don't they can just be elsewhere. It's it's more barren, but wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Just the amount of production that goes into making a movie is incredible. I mean, we were talking in an earlier episode just about the sheer number of lunches that would have to happen each day. Yeah. To, to fly these into the remote locations was astounding. And now you're hearing about trying to set a shot with all these plants to create a jungle atmosphere when there's maybe not one. It's not so lush. Because you've seen a lot of... It'd be more like kind of Rum Runner's Isle where you see some of these areas and... They're often fairly sparse with some palm trees. Yeah. But then there are some islands, too, that have more of a lush setting, but it just really depends on that particular ecosystem there. Right. And so to get the right look, yeah, it's a big chore. I'm surprised they didn't do a lot of CGI, but then again, you don't want to go so heavy on the CGI where it ends up breaking down. Because we've seen, even with this movie or even some of the other movies, that when you have high definition televisions now and you're running blu-ray even the blu-ray which look good you can start to see the effects standing right. out because it doesn't quite hold up as well as 
a look or as seamless as it did when it was on the movie even or on a regular TV. You can't tell those differences. And it would have to do with how much you're actually in that yeah. forest. Yeah, if he's interacting with the plants and macheting through things and walking through things, you don't want to have to try and digitally make all right. that. Right, it's going to be insane. easier to do this yeah. and, and make it and more consuming. realistic looking. Yeah. yeah, and less costly, even though there's 7,000 of them. Right. Than having a crew of people design a forest that moves with people. Well, then you got to do that with a uh, ping pong ball thing. Not necessarily for motion tracking. For... Not necessarily oh, for okay. that. Are you going to put motion tracking on plants? Yeah, maybe I will. How dare you? They got to move, plants. right? Plants move a certain way. We're not doing motion capture on plants. The latest star of motion capture is palm trees. Anyway. So, uh, uh, one more thing with this island. Before we break down completely? Yes. Okay. So, one more thing with this island. It was never a cannibal island, by the way. Not in real life. Not in real life. Or was it? No, it said. I may have some information coming to... I found information that said it was never a cannibal island. I didn't say it was a cannibal island. I just said I have information that I'll bring at a later date because I really want to stretch out our cannibal talk as long as possible. (laughs) Days and days of cannibal talk. I might just do that. (laughs) So that's all I got. That's it for me. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 23 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. And I can't believe I even have to say this. Let's keep the long pork eating to a minimum. I had to do it. No. Uh, Maybe we'll cut it out. I'm not cutting it out. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, soundcloud.com slash pirates of the caribbean that's for best of clips and by all means give us a plug and review on itunes we'd appreciate it mateys oh and let's not forget the facebook cursed crew listeners group for post episode discussions that's actually a lot to remember especially if you're in a foggy haze like heather just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button perhaps i should have just said that from the beginning This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest, well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.